This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. This episode is brought to you by Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express Card. And we here on Savor are what you might call food explorers. It has been our actual job to go to cool places and eat, like, a lot of the food there. And then talk about it. And then talk about it into these microphones, which is a crazy dream job. Yes. Well, if you're like us and willing to travel to seek out new foods to try, you go with the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card. It's for people like us who are in search of the next food adventure. If you travel, you know. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Hello and welcome to Savor, production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we have an episode for you about Monterey Jack Cheese. Yes. Which was a fascinating one. I didn't know any of this history. Nope. Nope, me neither. I was like, that's a pretty mild cheese. It's probably very boring. And then I was like, oh. Oh, we we get Even the, we get the to talk about cheese. Yeah. <laughs> It's spicy. <laughs> so spicy. Not just because of included habaneros. No. No. Uh, were you just looking for a cheese? I think that's what was going on. And I was possibly looking for one outside of the Europe region. And mm. so, yeah, landed over here. Here we are. Um, well, I do love a Monterey Jack. Sure. Uh, now... I don't know. I mean, I still love it. I just got to reevaluate. <laughs> I got to rethink some things. <laughs> the history is good to know. It is. It is. It puts everything in perspective. Um. <laughs> yeah, it does. If you've if you've never heard any of this, you are in for a ride, my friends. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you sent this message via our like office communication service, and I was like. Oh, because you said it's it's a unwieldy or like wild story to pin down. I was like, Monterey Jack. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then I looked into it. I was like, oh, OK. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes when I'm when I, when I like, especially if I know that you're having a having a whole week already, I'm like, I don't want to give Annie a homework assignment that's like too intense. Uh, so I'm trying to look out. But, but Thank yeah. Thank you. But yeah, it wound Thank up being you. fun. So. <laughs> yes. Yes, it did. Uh, you can see our very, we have several past cheese episodes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, that you can check out. I would say yogurt, as always. Um, butter. 
maybe. Um, milk types. Yeah, yeah, maybe like something like nachos to talk about cheese meltability. Oh, cheese meltability. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. <sighs> well, I guess that brings <laughs> us to our question. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Monterey Jack. What is it? Well, uh, Monterey Jack or Monterey, or Jack cheese, is a small category of cheeses typically made from cow's milk, pressed into wheels or blocks, lightly salted, and aged only a short while. It'll be a bright white to pale yellow in color, semi-firm, solid, mild, sweet, kind of buttery cheese with a little bit of nutty flavor, and yeah, good meltability, making it popular for shredding or slicing into hot dishes like a grilled cheese sandwiches or chili or nachos, or just for cutting into cubes and snacking. Because it is so mild, it is often mixed with flavorings like herbs or hot chilies to give it a little bit of a kick. Um, it's like a... It's like a cheddar with fewer opinions. Yeah. Uh, it's uh -huh. it's sort of easygoing. It's like um it's like surf rock. It's like, you know, cheesy, largely inoffensive, but still can shred. Lauren, you are <laughs> the genius, the wordsmith of our time. I am constantly amazed. <laughs> Oh, oh, I love surf rock. Anyway, okay. Um, uh, yeah, th this is a this is a pretty, like, basic short aged cheese. You're, you're you know looking to preserve milk in a tasty way, without a lot of time and effort. This is a pretty good one to do. It doesn't need to be heated very very much. You only need to press it for like half a day or so. It can be ready in like a month. If you want a soft texture, uh, aging it longer will make it increasingly firm and crumbly if that's what you're going for. Um, this is not an episode with a deep dive into cheesemaking science. If you're looking for one of those, cheddar is definitely a good one. But anyway, yeah, because uh, because Monterey Jack is a simple sort of cheese, um, there are a number of variations. It can be made uh, with or without a rind, though without is more common by far, um, and with or without a wax coating. Varieties include smoked jack. Pepper Jack, which has those bits of hot chili peppers mixed in with the curd, and Dry Jack, which is aged for at least six months to become harder and uh, grateable, like a, like a Parmesan, yeah? Um, mm -hmm. It is also sometimes mixed with similarly semi-firm cheeses, uh, creating like prettily marbled blocks like Colby Jack or Cheddar Jack, uh, both Colby and Cheddar being traditionally uh, yellow-orange in contrast with Jack's white color. And yeah, you can make it with other milks like goat. You can mix in other flavorings like uh, rosemary or basil or, uh, I don't know, garlic, maybe pesto, you know, herbs and garlic. What? Um, a uh, little bits of tomato. Mm. Mm -hmm. And there are USDA guidelines for Monterey Jack slash Jack slash Monterey cheese. Um, they, uh, they refer to the making of it as the Monterey process. Uh, Cheese legalese always cracks me up, not just because of the phrase cheese legalese, which is delightful. Um, like, it, it's just, it's so precise. Um, so, okay, just a little sampling. For a top-graded Jack cheese, your cheese must possess, and I quote, a fine and highly pleasing Monterey slash Monterey Jack cheese flavor. The body may be very slightly weak, and the texture may be definitely curdy. <laughs> And I'm like, same girl. Like, they like, <laughs> <laughs> like that's fine. 
Like, <laughs> every body is a beach body. Come on. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, heck. Um, yeah, so right. So it, it's Jack. Jack cheeses are great. It's like a melty topping or in sauces layered into casseroles. Um, again, just for snacking. Yes, yes. Uh, I had a recently a hilarious weekend with my a good friend of mine, Marissa, where we were trying to get Taylor Swift tickets. Oh. And it was a fiasco, but it was a fun fiasco. Oh, that's good. And she really wanted fajitas to <laughs> uh, kind of minimize the damage of what was happening. Oh, okay, sure. Psyche. Yeah, 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 I and, get that. Uh, <laughs> and Monterey Jack cheese was involved, and oh, they yay. were delicious. Oh, that's so nice. I was very happy with the whole thing. Um, Did you get to see Taylor Swift? No. No? Okay, yeah. But <laughs> I got the most hilarious quotes out of my friend, which I wrote down. I wish I had, like, recorded her because she was... Descending into madness, if I'm honest. Okay. Um, uh-huh. Trying to get these tickets. Yeah. And her quotes were very funny. But then we just had a good time. We listened to Taylor Swift music. We saw Return of the Jedi in theaters and then watched Return of the Jedi at home with Taylor Swift music over. All right. Yeah. And we were eating fajitas. So I got to hang out with my good friend <laughs> and have this time. And it was pretty good. Well, that's also, that also sounds right. Terrific. Good, yeah, good it, consolation fajita. Yeah. It, it really, really was. <laughs> um, well, speaking of, uh, what about the nutrition? Ah, cheese is a nutritionally dense food. Uh, lots of fats and protein in there. Uh, watch your portion sizes. Eat a veg. Hydrate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we do have some numbers for you. Just... Just a couple. I didn't, I honestly didn't dig that hard on this one because I was trying to iron out some sticky, sticky historical details. But, but yeah. Okay. So mm-hmm. go. I found one. Uh, so a YouGov poll found that on average, Americans put Monterey Jack in their top five favorite cheeses. Okay. Sure. I mean, it's a good one. Yeah. I see it. It's again, easy going. It's nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I found one. There are some big manufacturers in the United States that create like 40,000 pounds of Jack and Colby cheeses every day. Whoa. Every day. <laughs> wow. And apparently these kinds of places see really boosted sales around the winter holidays, which makes me think like cheese plates, maybe casseroles. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then around the big game. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You're finally getting on board with not saying the true title. <laughs> you know, I am. You know, I think <laughs> I think this past year of like iHeartMedia press releases really put the fear of the big game in me. <laughs> now you understand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or not press releases, but like internal memos. Anyway. Mm. Um, uh, mm-hmm. well, <laughs> so, so there we are. <laughs> there we are. And I do think I would love to hear from listeners about recipes that you have that use Monterey Jack. Because yeah. I do think... Yeah, a bunch of like those casserole things for sure. Um, mm. 
Let us know, but we do have the wild history oh, section. Quite, quite one. Um, and yeah, and we are going to get into that as soon as we get back from a quick break for a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. This episode is brought to you by Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express Card. And we are what you might call food explorers. We are so lucky that a part of our job involves traveling and trying a lot of the food where we go to travel and then coming back here and telling all of you good listeners about it. And through that, we have discovered some amazing dishes. Sure, yes. Like, I had never understood what poke really could be, and it is delightful. It is stunningly good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which we had a lot of on our trip to Hawaii. Uh, another thing from their passion fruit I now look for in literally every menu that I read. I'm like, yep, that one has passion fruit. Going for it. And then all of the moles, and especially the green mole that you heard us talk about recently that we had from in Las Vegas. In Vegas, yeah. Oh, or just steak basements. Who doesn't love a steak basement? Exactly. <laughs> Well, um, if you are like us and you're willing to travel to seek out new foods to try, you go with the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card. It's for people who, like us, are in search of the next food adventure. If you travel, you know. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So yes, see our previous cheese episodes, but cheese thousands of years old. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, probably discovered by accident or just naturally uh, over time all over the place at different points in history, especially depending on the cheese. But yeah. Um. Yep. <laughs> Monterey Jack, though, is more recent mm -hmm. uh, and it has to do with Catholic missionaries. <laughs> so in the 1700s, uh -huh. The first Catholic mission in California was founded by Spanish Franciscan father Junipero Serra in San Diego specifically, and then he founded a second one in Monterey Bay. Uh, and this is one of those things when I read it, I was like, oh, <laughs> Monterey check. Okay. There you go. Yep. Mm -hmm. 
the pieces are falling into place. Um, And as usual, these missionaries brought their foods with them, um, things like olives, grapes, and cattle. And the cattle were useful for meat and dairy products. And the missionaries used the milk to make a soft cheese they called queso blanco pez, or a white cheese of the country. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. White country cheese. Um, mm-hmm. some some stories go that you know, like like the cows were doing so well, the milk was so plentiful that the monks had to find something to do with all of it. Um, at any rate, yes, this this cheese seems to have become a local staple. Yes. Um, and after several decades of rule, Mexico sold California to the U.S. in 1848. That's a different podcast, but it is relevant here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Because in the wake of that, a bunch of Americans flocked to the new state for all kinds of reasons. The promise of gold being a big one, uh, but just a lot of hope around new, quote, things that they could maybe make a living off of. In the treaty, the U.S. had promised Mexico to uphold the Mexican rancho system, which I know we've talked about before, Mm -hmm. in California. um, Basically saying Mexican farmers could keep their ranches there. But, of course, the U.S. government found loopholes and many Mexicans in the state lost their farms. Mm -hmm. Yes. This brings us to a man named David Jack or Jax. I've seen both. Mm -hmm. Um, Jack moved to California with the goal of selling revolvers to the, quote, law abiding and lawless alike. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, Okay. So so I think I think he was born David Jack, and at some point changed it to Jacks, or like possibly popular speech kind of slowly renamed him Jacks, probably just to confuse podcasters. <laughs> Definitely. He uh, he originally hailed from Scotland, and his is like a true American dream story. You know, like rags to riches. And a certain got mine attitude about it. Um, All right. So he was one of the people who, like, read about the gold rush in 1848 and decided to go to there, not for not for gold, but to sell supplies to miners for like a healthy markup. And I think I've mentioned before here that that is the way that like the real money was made during the gold rush. Right. I mean, it's come up in several episodes we've done. Yeah. Like, well, they invented this cocktail. Because of people around the gold rush, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The sourdough? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, by 1857, uh, Jack had set up a shop in Monterey, and he had made friends with attorney Delos R. Ashley. And Ashley had been hired by the town to make their land claims legitimate to the United States Land Claims Commission. <laughs> Flash forward two years, and Ashley won, but the town wouldn't or couldn't, depending on your source, Hmm. uh, pay the additional legal fees that he demanded, which was $1,000. So an agreement was reached allowing Jack to auction off the land that Ashley had defended to pay for it. To pay for the legal fees, yeah. Exactly. Um, And very, very quickly, (laughs) some might say suspiciously quickly... Jack threw together and held an auction in early 1859. Only two people placed bids on the 30,000 acres of land in question. Ashley and Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Almost the entirety of those acres were sold to the two men for $1,000 and two cents. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 
Hmm. Yep. Um, so Monterey tried, as in the town, tried to buy mm-hmm. back the land a, a few times. The case even reached the Supreme Court in 1906. But Jack won. So Yeah. Uh, yep. Here we are. <laughs> yes. And he was looking to make a profit with his newly purchased lands and went about making money in all kinds of cutthroat ways, including charging outrageous prices to renters, which often included um, posting English-only notices to screw over Spanish-speaking renters. Like, he knew that it would be better to post something in Spanish. He was like, nah. Not yep. Or uh, uh, he would post Spanish-only notices if the renters were English-speaking. Um, or he had post the notice, like, way out on the edge of the land. Uh, like he was such a schmo. Uh, he'd also loan ranchers money to pay overdue taxes on their parcels of land and then claim the land for himself when the owners couldn't pay him back with interest. Um, at his height, he gathered up 100,000 acres. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and as part of that, according to him, he now owned... All of the wineries, the cattle ranches, and 14 working dairy ranches that operated on all of these lands that he'd purchased. Not only that, again, according to him, he owned what they made, including Queso Blanco Pays. And yeah, he pretty quickly decided that he could make some money off of this cheese, so he started selling it under the name Jack's Cheese. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All around the area. And when people got a taste of it, it spread across the state and people called it Monterey Jack's Cheese. Uh, Very important to note, though, some records indicate that other people, rightly or wrongly, uh, in terms of stealing resources and or ideas, uh, may have been selling essentially the same cheese before Jack got in the game or even around the same time he got in the game. Mm -hmm. One such person is Domingo Pedrazzi. Uh, the story goes that Pedrazzi created a cheese that required pressure, uh, and that pressure was obtained through a house jack, and the name, therefore, Jack Cheese, mm-hmm. comes from that. Uh, the resulting product was later marketed as Del Monte Cheese. And there's a Donna Juana Cota de Buranda. Very often comes up in the conversation. She made queso del pez uh, and sold it door to door after her husband was involved in a debilitating accident, leaving her to provide for him and their 15 kids. That story also says that this cheese might have been named Jack for the type of vice that was used to press it, Um, but also that she might have sold her cheese to Jack for distribution. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then Stefano Mori also comes up. Uh, He was an Italian immigrant, and some argue that his recipe for, quote, Italian cheese ended up in Jack's hands um, one way or another. Mori's recipe was mentioned in a 1938 cookbook, and it was called Monterey Cheese. Yeah, uh, Maury had settled in uh, in Pacifica, which is a town a little bit further north near Rockaway Beach in 1888. And uh, a member of the Pacifica Historical Society later found these old recipes and like reconstructed a story about one of Maury's employees, a supposed family friend, having a falling out with the family and leaving for Monterey, 
taking the recipe for this cheese with him. But it seems to me like the like the timeline, um, you know, like 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 Jack was already marketing his cheese by the time the Maury's arrived in the States. So I don't know. Anyway, um, uh, however, I will say that within the past decade, the uh, Pacifica Historical Society has hosted like annual cheese contests and parties in general, um, and they encourage entrants to create edible art using Jack cheese um, or Pacifica Jack, as they call it. One one entry from years past was called Bringing Sexy Jack. <laughs> That's delightful. I love it. Which is a pun worthy of an Annie Reese title selection. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm jealous I didn't already think of it. Yes. <laughs> Uh, um, also, I will say that the Jack's landlord shenanigans had him vastly disliked in this area. Um, after he did a number of those kind of like shady evictions, a group formed who were calling themselves the Squatters League of Monterey County, which was very, very snide. Um, mm-hmm. And apparently they sent him a, a very direct notice uh, w- way more direct than the notices he was sending them um, in 1872, threatening his life. It was real colorful. Do you want to hear it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you have been the cause of unnecessary annoyance and expense to the settlers. Now, if you don't make that account of damages to each and every one of us within 10 days, you son of a b- we will suspend your animation between daylight and hell. <laughs> That is indeed very colorful. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. Suspend your animation between daylight and hell. That sounds like a D&D spell. That's like... Goodness. You're in between realms. No one can hear you. It's a supernatural line. What's happening? Okay. Anyway. uh, Also, none less than Robert Louis Stevenson once visited the area and wrote that the whole of Monterey was owned by a man, and I quote, hated with a great hatred. Um, (laughs) And uh, he further reported that Dennis Kearney, who, if you're unfamiliar, was like a labor organizer, but also a huge racist and very unpleasant person himself, he once advised the aforementioned Squatters League to hang Jack. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow, what a character. Um, Jack also invested heavily in local railroads, um, which was a good business decision, but also like tremendously helpful to the community. Um, he was a devout Presbyterian and supported a lot of local churches and like taught Sunday school for 50 years. Um, when he died in 1909, he was the richest landowner in Monterey County. Um, his kids got to go to great schools and they tended to donate deeply to education. When his youngest daughter passed in 1962, she left the family holdings that were not already, like, in a state to other descendants to Stanford, which was apparently, like, the largest donation that had since their founding. So. Wow. Okay. So anyway, yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah. I, uh, a lot of the things that I read were like, well, um, everything he did was legal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I came across that a lot as well. Like, I mean, no one liked him, but it was legal. Yeah. <laughs> and he did some nice stuff for people that weren't beholden to him as 
landowners. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, landlords. Uh, okay. Well, anyway, um, speaking of cheese, <laughs> ostensibly what this episode is, is about, <laughs> right. uh, producers may have upped production on dry jack um, during the World Wars in order to replace grating cheeses like, like Romano and Parmesan um, while trade with Italy was suspended. And uh, apparently around the same time um, as refrigerators were, were still slowly being integrated into American homes, like mid-dry jacks were popular choices because they'd stand up a little bit better in hot weather. Hmm. Well, uh, a craft food booklet compared Monterey Jack to cheddar in 1954. And somewhere around 1955, the FDA officially gave the cheese the name Monterey Jack. Yep. And started laying out all of those delightful cheese legalese bits. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Then this doesn't pertain very strictly to Monterey Jack, but I wanted to include it because it's so fun. Um, And I can't believe I haven't run across it before. In 2010, Wisconsin became the first state to have an official state microbe. Um, It's Lactococcus lactis, which is a bacterium that is used in making many cheeses. Um, I mean, in America and elsewhere, but they specifically cited uh, Jack, Colby, and Cheddar. Wow. You know, we need an official podcast microbe. Oh, heck. Do you have one? I mean, it's probably just Saccharomyces cerevisiae, but um, but which is the beer and bread yeast. Mm-hmm. But um, but you know, like that's just off the top of my head. Um, yeah, <laughs> I have to tell you, listeners, I sense that we have kind of a group chat with the producers and Lauren and I, and uh, I sense a. Um, <laughs> A note about, I, I'm the one that's always like, have you seen this strange product this company's offering? And Cheese It, the company behind Cheese It, is offering a shoe. Like a sneaker. That has like a, like high a top. plastic outer Pocket? layer. Yeah, and you put Cheese It's in and you can reach in and get your stored Cheez-Its out of this yeah. plastic pocket. It's like it's like having a little Ziploc that, that's a shoe. It's like having, yes. it's like your shoe is made of Ziplocs and, and you can reach it and grab your Cheez-Its. Yes. And I, I loved it, Lauren, because we were all kind of like, oh, this is silly. Oh, I would have worn it. And you were like, well, scientifically, this is very interesting because of the odors of cheese and feet. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah. I'm very, I'm very excited to potentially pick a Savor podcast uh, microbe. I, I just, I love them all. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. No, we can we can we can talk about it. We can yeah, we can we can, yeah. we can work through this. <laughs> yeah. We can table it for now yeah. and we'll discuss. <laughs> yes. Well, um that brings us to the end of this Monterey Jack episode it for does. now. It does. Um we we would love to hear from you about any any of this. Um if you have a favorite microbe, let us know. Um uh but in the meanwhile, we do have some listener mail for you. 
We do, but first we have one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. This episode is brought to you by Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express Card. And we are what you might call food explorers. We are so lucky that a part of our job involves traveling and trying a lot of the food where we go to travel and then coming back here and telling all of you good listeners about it. And through that, we have discovered some amazing dishes. Sure, yes. Like, I had never understood what poke really could be, and it is delightful. It is stunningly good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which we had a lot of on our trip to Hawaii. Uh, Another thing from their passion fruit I now look for in literally every menu that I read. I'm like, yep, that one has passion fruit. Going for it. And then all of the moles and especially the green mole that you heard us talk about recently that we had in Las Vegas. In Vegas, yeah. Oh, or just steak basements. Who doesn't love a steak basement? Exactly. Well, um, if you are like us and you're willing to travel to seek out new foods to try, you go with the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card. It's for people who, like us, are in search of the next food adventure. If you travel, you know. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with listener I always feel that way about a good when Monterey Jack has like the like bits of peppers in it. Ooh. It's like mild and then it's like <laughs> a surprise, like a firework. Right? Yeah, it's so 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 buttery and creamy, and then all of a sudden, poof. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, uh, so today we have kind of a longer email from Christine, so we're just going to split that up. Yeah, 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 yeah. No problem with longer emails, by the way. That's not... Exactly. Yeah, this is great. We love longer emails. Do not let this discourage you because it's great. Um, Okay, so Christine wrote, after Stu from New Zealand threw down the challenge about cookbooks, I had to write in. As it turns out, Australia has not one but two. 
iconic cookbooks <laughs> that are known and loved and have influenced generations of Australians. For the first book, we have to go back to 1910. The Cookery Teachers Association of New South Wales realized that their jobs would be much easier if they had a standard, practical book that could be used across the state. Most published cookbooks at the time came from Britain and tended to be aimed at society hostesses rather than home family cooks. So, for the next three years, the association discussed, tested, wrote, and rewrote recipes until they produced the Common Sense Cookery Book. Hmm. It was published in 1914 to instant widespread acclaim, and it did become the standard textbook for cooking classes across the state of New South Wales and quickly the rest of Australia. And then it moved outside the classroom and became a standard gift for many brides. I remember using a dog-eared, spattered school copy of this book in the classroom, and so do many of my friends across Australia. Other friends received it as a wedding present or when they left home. My mother kept her copy from school in the 1950s, but unfortunately it was destroyed in 2007 when her house flooded. Oh. The Pasha Bolka Storm. Iconic picture attached. Look it up for completely crazy weather. It went through several major revisions over the years, and in 2014, a centenary edition was released. It's formatted the way a cookbook should be, hmm. with solid binding, large print, and plenty of white space to write notes. However, if you check out online reviews of this edition, you will find many poor reviews because particular recipes have been dropped to the dismay of the reviewer. <laughs> Because it's intended as an instruction manual, the language is always no-nonsense and economical. At the same time, the instructions are clear and complete, and there are plenty of diagrams showing everything from how to joint a chicken to how to line a cake pan. Long may this wonderful book be treasured in Australian kitchens. Okay, continuing. But what of the second book? This is a book that has shaped the hopes and dreams of just about every Australian born in the last 50 years. Do you think I'm exaggerating? Then clearly you have never seen the Australian Women's Weekly Children's Birthday Cake Book. Wow, that's a title. Okay. <laughs> um, this was first published as a series of liftouts in the Australian Women's Weekly magazine in the late 1970s, with a printed book published in 1981. It was an instant hit, and from then on, one of the most important decisions any child could make was, which cake do I want this year? Children would take this book to bed for weeks before their birthday, weighing up the pool cake versus Hello Dolly, the choo-choo train versus Robbie the Robot. Children born towards the end of the year despaired because their friends had already had the pick of the cakes. You did not have the same cake as someone else that year. Anyone who was a child has fond memories of favorite cakes. Uh, for me, it was the cake Teddy. While mothers have stories of cake disasters, uh, my mother remembers the Mary Quite Contrary cake where she forgot to add the eggs so the cake was flat. There is a recipe for a basic butter cake in the book, but all the cakes can be made up with packet cake. The authors recognized that for children, the cake is merely a vehicle for decoration. And the book has over a hundred designs for different cakes, uh, created from icing, frosting, uh, piped chocolate, sweet biscuits, and lollies. 
The book went out of print in the 1990s. Stupid decision on the publisher's part. An anniversary edition was published in 2011 to instant success. This edition does have some changes due to some cakes being deemed racist now, good, um, or licensing fees being too high, sad. Over a million copies have been sold, and it looks as though this classic will remain a classic for decades to come. I love this. I love this so much that people, like kids, would take... <laughs> would be like, yeah, no, this is a very critical decision for my for my time. Here I go. Yes, like I can't have the same cake as someone else. What is the cake I want for my birthday? Yeah. Like for weeks pondering this decision. Yeah. This is that's amazing. I'm so glad you shared that because I have not heard of a thing like this before. <laughs> no, no, not something this widespread. Like, I mean, like I like I was a kitchen nerd as a kid. So like mm-hmm. I would be pouring over my grandmother's cookbooks and being like, can we make those cookies? Um, right. But that was like specialized. Like that was that was niche. <laughs> exactly. Like, I, I mean, I would say like I would prefer this thing, but it was like me personally preferring this yeah, thing as opposed yeah. to like kids going to bed <laughs> with a book and being like uh, I don't know do I yes. want the cake Teddy I'm not sure and the names that you shared are very intriguing I have to say yeah like pool cake hello dolly choo choo train Robbie the rabbit like oh I said Robbie the rabbit because I play Silent Hill Robbie the <laughs> robot <laughs> Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm just so intrigued by yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And I, okay, so I was reading this one cold. Um, so, right. I, 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 I butchered the pronunciation or like the enunciation, I guess, of that book title. It should properly be, I guess, the Australian Women's Weekly Children's Birthday Cake Book. There's like a <laughs> like a breath in between there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. It is quite the name, as she it says. Is. That, <laughs> I was like, the words keep going. I just my, <laughs> my brain panicked a little. I was like, oh heck, I'm still talking. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's, those long titles trip us up every time, but they're kind of endearing. <laughs> oh, yes. thank you so much. Both of these are fascinating, and I write like I I love this kind of localized. Um, Yes. But extremely strong uh, uh, nostalgia. I do, too. I I love that it's like in Australia, it's this. Yeah. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. So good. Thank you so much for writing in. Um, To any other listeners, if you would like to write to us, you can. Uh, Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We are also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at saverpod, and we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can uh, go to the (laughs) iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Oh, I do this like at least twice a week. Anyway, uh, thanks as always to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. 
And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.